Hello, hello, hello. My name is Courtney Turner, and you are listening to Bluegrass Community Foundation's Do Good Radio Hour. Today is sadly the last day of our Women's History Month celebration, and we are going out with one of my favorite episodes, because not only is it Women's History Month, but it's also National Reading Month, so it's a big month for me. But before we get into books that makes our hearts happy and a wonderful organization here in Lexington, go ahead and give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at BGCFKY, or head over to BGCF.org to learn more about who we are and what we do here at Bluegrass Community Foundation. And if you haven't yet, check us out on Apple Music or Spotify, where every episode of the Do Good Radio Hour is available to listen to right now. Today's guest is a B-O-S-S boss. Shayla Lynch is the executive director of the beloved Carnegie Center for Literacy and Learning, and she spends her time loving, leading, and serving our community with warm energy, the best laugh, and an unstoppable spirit. She is my new best friend. She even said so. You can ask her. And you are going to love her just as much as I did. Here is Shayla Lynch. inviting me today. Yeah, thanks so much for coming. Now, something you should know about me is that I love the Carnegie Center. Oh, yay! I love you guys. We had Erica Cook. I think that yes. she was my second guest on the show, like, in general. Uh-huh. And I fell in love with her. I Erica's think that amazing. we are soulmates in, like, some <laughs> r- weird world. We are supposed to be in love with each other. <laughs> and she was phenomenal. And the Carnegie Center just, like, took over my heart. So just in case people have missed that first episode with Erica, why don't you introduce yourself, what you do, and Mm -hmm. what the Carnegie Center is? Sure. My name is Shayla Lynch, and I have the humble honor of being the executive director of the Carnegie Center. I've been there for not quite a year yet, um, but we are a unicorn in the state of Kentucky, I like to call us, because there's no other agency or organization like ours in the state. And we support education and the literary arts here in the state of Kentucky. We celebrate and uplift all Kentucky writers, whether you have not even put pen to page yet or you've got tons of books to your (laughs) name already. Um, 
we support you all throughout that journey. Um, we offer classes at a very low cost for folks that want to um, to enhance their literary uh, arts experience. Um, and then we also have a phenomenal tutoring program. Education is very important to us. And most people know us for our, you know, our tutoring program that is just phenomenal, um, staffed by volunteers who work with our students to do some amazing things and to um, increase their grade level um, as far as education experience. So it's been wonderful. Um, and so we just love um, serving our community and providing a, a space um, where people can come and be themselves and uplift their voices and um, be creative. Mm. Now, you talked a little bit about, you know, the tutoring programs and, and the literary programs. I know that you all do. I mean, if you've taken a look at your website, <laughs> bananas. Yes. You all are so busy. And I know yes. that going into the spring and yes. warm weather, you have a lot of exciting things coming. Mm-hmm. So what can we look forward to in the next few months? Yes. And first, I'm going to, get it, going to give a shout out to Katie Whaley, who has been a rock star with our website. Um, Katie has uh, revamped it and is absolutely oh, amazing. It's so, so good. I encourage everybody to go to CarnegieCenterLex.org to check out all of our offerings. But to highlight what's coming up, um, on March 23rd this month, we are hosting our Kentucky Writers Hall of Fame. And um, it's a um, uh, program that we created and curated to celebrate and honor Kentucky writers because Kentucky has a very rich history mm. in the literary arts. And I don't know if everybody realizes that. Um, um, we have such a rich history that we can induct new folks and writers and artists into the Hall of Fame every year. And we're doing that this year on March 23rd at 7 p.m. It's at the Kentucky Theater, free and open to the public. Um, We are um, on the cusp of our summer camp registration opening. It opens on um, the the 15th of this month, March 15th. Um, But folks can go on our website right now and see all of our offerings and look to see what they want to sign up their kids for. Um, And um, the registration will open on the 15th for our summer camps. We have our Kentucky Great Writers Series. Mm-hmm. Um, it launched um, um, just in February, and we had a great slate of all Kentucky authors um, that came to us to read from their book and tell us kind of the backstory and why they wrote the book. Um, and we have a whole series, and that will go on throughout the year. So our next one is on April 11th at 6.30 p.m. Um, at the Carnegie Center, again, free and open to the public. Um, we have Burn the Mic every month, which is an open mic night for anyone that so wants fun. to come and spit some poetry or just come and listen and hear some phenomenal poetry. It's free and open to the public as well. It's a really good time. Really, really good time. It's a program that's sponsored by our Kentucky Black Writers Collaborative and we have such a huge following. So please come out if you've never come before. Um, And our Kentucky Black Writers Collaborative also sponsors our our Black and Lit Book Club. It's a Zoom book club and it occurs every other month and we'll send you a free book if you register early enough. And um, um, you get to zoom in and talk to the author that wrote the book. Um, we always have the author part of the part of uh, the uh, part of the book discussion, which is always really really good. And even if you don't get a chance to finish the book, or even get a chance to even crack the spine, the discussion is still really really good, and you'll be able to still participate in it. Um, and that's just the tip of the a iceberg, snippet, like the <laughs> smallest snippet. Yeah. <laughs> there's so much more I can go on and on for days. So I just really encourage folks to visit our website and to sign up for our newsletter. Yes, the newsletter is so helpful. That yeah. also looks great. You all do such a good job over there. Oh, thank you. 
Yes, you have a good staff. Us. Good staff. Mm-hmm. Great staff. Yeah. Now, I want to talk a little bit about Camp Carnegie. Yeah. So when did that start? And give us a little more information on really what Camp Carnegie is, like mm-hmm. the age range. How does all of that work for you guys? Yes. Our Camp Carnegie has been around for a while. I'm not sure what year it started, but it's been around for a while. It's for middle school students. And we have... Um, Um, different options. So it's not like a summer camp where you sign up and you're doing the same thing all summer long. We have little, we have different like mini camps that you can sign up for. So one camp will be, you'll experience maybe making clothes from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And then there's an afternoon camp on that same day where you get to do totally different experiences. So if parents don't want to sign their uh, middle schoolers up for a whole day camp, they can just come to a half day camp and Mm. do some really cool things. Um, And one of, um, I mentioned making clothes. One of uh, one of the really cool ones that we that we had prior that I think is coming back is where um, um, middle school ki- kids get to work with an actual local fashion designer <gasps> and design and make their own clothes, and they have a fashion show at the end. Stop. They these middle school kids, these artists, because they're all artists. They are, were amazing. The clothes they made were absolutely amazing. And um, the um, Samantha, the fashion designer, took the students to a local a thrift store to find you know clothes and they had a budget everybody stuck within their budget Love to that. buy their clothes and they came back and took what they bought and recreated it into something totally different to a totally different outfit and it was just absolutely amazing and they had a fashion show and took pictures and KET even got oh, him did a story so on fun. them because it was so much fun so um, we have really um, awesome creative camps like that to really um, get kids creative juices flowing so that they can do something a little different maybe that they wouldn't normally do at a regular typical summer camp now tell us why that's important because a lot of times when you think about summer camp you think about fishing and camping and those things are so fun yeah. and they are important in a yes. different space yeah but what is it about the arts that really just like takes over a child's mind and helps them not even just become better artists but become mm-hmm. better leaders and communicators what is that mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we foster a space where, where where anybody including kids can feel comfortable in uplifting their own voice and finding their voice um, middle school age is a very critical time um, for for youth and you know they're finding themselves figuring out what they like what they don't like um, and the creative space is just a way for them to find their voice and feel confident and get confident in that voice. Yes. And so we want to provide that space for them to learn and to grow and to come into self. Um, and hopefully um, the things that they learn at our camps will stick with them for the rest of their lives. Mm. And it is National Reading Month it and is. it's Women's History Month. So yes. like it's a very exciting time for me right now. <laughs> uh, so talk to me a little bit about these writers programs. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that we have so many phenomenal Kentucky authors. Mm -hmm. What is it about this state that's just brewing good (laughs) stories? I don't know. I think Kentucky is a unique state to live in. And, um, you know, depending on where you live in the state, it can foster so many different experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, Just yesterday, I had the honor of of conducting an arts workshop with our Kentucky Poet Laureate, Crystal Wilkinson. And she uh, did a reading from her, one of her books, Perfect Black. And she along, um, saw her reading told um, stories about her childhood and the basis for some of the poems that she shared. And she was from a rural town here in Kentucky. um, And that fostered 
fostered her creative side um, and helped her create the poems that she wrote, which were breathtaking, Mm. you know? And so I think um, the experiences we can have living in Kentucky, um, our small rural communities or our more urban communities can really foster spaces of creativity and can spark juices to to, you know, write a story, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, whether you're putting pen to paper or you're singing about it or you're on a stage acting it out. I mm-hmm. think um, we really have a very um, inclusive and uplifting arts arts community in the entire state of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm glad that people are feeling more comfortable be, to be able to express themselves in that way. Yes. And th- these programs that you all do for writers, I know that it's, n- again, like you said, it's not for... The people who, I mean, it could be for the people who've mm-hmm. already published 10 books, or mm-hmm. it could be the person who maybe just wants to write down family histories and just keep mm-hmm. them somewhere. But you know those people who are even in their, like, 30s, 40s, 50s, and they're like, I can't really start something new. I'm not mm-hmm. really into starting something new. What advice do you have for those people? I would say come take a class at the Carnegie Center. We have a whole catalog um, of awesome classes, and they change from season to season. So um, right now we're in the winter-spring catalog season, So and our catalog is on our website. Um, or, or you can stop by the Carnegie Center downtown and pick one up. Um, but I would say take a class. Um, don't let you know the class description or the class title intimidate you. Just just register and sign up for a class um, and let that be your gateway to see, you know, is this writing thing something that I could do? And um, like you said, it could be anything. It could be writing your memoir. Mm. It could do be doing some kind of historical fiction story. Um, it could be a com- comic strip. It could be um, a Broadway play you want to start writing, mm. you know. Um, but our, taking our classes is a great way to try uh, to start to learn about what you want to do um, as far as your writing. Um, and with this being um, a writing important month, yes. better, a little better great month to start. And then um, if you want a little bit more of an intense um, experience, our Books in Progress conference is the first weekend in June. And it is a space where we cultivate for writers and we bring the literary world to Lexington, basically. And so you can register to, for our conferences. Registration is not up yet, but it's coming. And you will get to take workshops shops from awesome writers to get to have time with literary agents and hear how that whole process is. And you'll be able to give pitches to literary agents if you've got that idea for a book. Um, So we want to make, we cultivate a really good conference so that um, folks in the writing community, whether you're seasoned or not, or just a beginner, you can um, learn and grow and then meet, of course, be in community with other writers because that's one of the most important parts. Those connections. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Ms. Shayla. Yeah. Where do you see the Carnegie Center in five, ten years? As the executive director, I asked Erica this question. <laughs> but as the executive director, I know that you have to have like a big picture vision of what's mm-hmm. happening, not just now, but what's ten steps ahead in the future. Where do you think the Carnegie Center is going to be? I want the Carnegie Center to be a household name. Yes. Um, I want there to be no question or doubt when you think of literary arts, you think of the Carnegie Center as an automatic go-to in your brain. Um, Because I still run into people that have never heard of the Carnegie Center. Which is crazy. I still run into people that have never even been inside our our doors at all. And so I want... 
that instant brand recognition with everyone, no matter where you live in Kentucky, no matter where you live in Lexington, you know that if you want to be a writer, that this is where you come. Um, so I see us doing um, more outreach outside of our walls, having more. We have classes in the community in different spaces already, but having more, um, uh, continuing to reach out to the kids in schools and having more interaction with kids in schools. Um, I see us um, doing more online, uh, providing more online options. Um, we provide some really awesome options now as far as our classes and some of our, our signature programs. But, you know, expanding that um, so that um, everyone can get a taste of the Carnegie Center and be mm-hmm. a part of it, um, be a part of us. Um, for example, our author, our author academy right now is, is virtual. It's all um, on Zoom. And we have um, writers from all over the country that are participating in the cur- our current cohort. And I want to see more of that. I want to yes. see, you know, more classes online, reaching more folks, connecting them to um, K- Kentucky writers here in the state, because um, that just opens more doors for our Kentucky writers um, being able to have that reach across the globe, really. Mm-hmm. So I want us to be a household name locally and in the state, um, but I want us to also extend our reach, you know, beyond our, our state yes. state boundaries, too. Now, what needs are you facing that the community can help you get to that space? Um, we can always use volunteers. <laughs> <laughs> we would we would not be anywhere if we didn't have our awesome volunteers. So always looking for folks that are willing to be a tutor in our tutoring program and that are can give an hour of uh, of their week to come and tutor a, a student. Um, always looking for um, volunteers that will help us staff our amazing events. And guess what? When you help a staff, you get to attend the event because you're yes. there. <laughs> <laughs> um, always looking for folks that are willing to um, help us further our mission by being a donor and um, helping to sustain us financially. We have an amazing list of donors. Um, and we're always looking to grow that more to get engaged in that way as well. And also be sponsors of any of our events because we couldn't host all of our events without some awesome dedicated yes. sponsors as well. Um, and then lastly, I'll just say, just come in. Our building is a public building. We're open Monday through Saturday. Um, just come in. If you want to just come in and work and find some space, a quiet space, you can do that. Or come in and grab a book off the shelf and take it home with you because we give away books every mm. single day. Mm. And so you can come and grab a book and um, go take it home and enjoy or just stay and read in one of our re- really comfy chairs and couches. Very, very comfy. Very comfy. <laughs> Speaking of getting cozy. Yeah. If you look at Miss Shayla's bio on the Carnegie Center website, <laughs> you better sit down and get cozy because, girl, <laughs> it is you have done so much for the communities that you care about. It's unreal. Aww. How did you? What was the thing that sparked your interest in becoming a leader, or did you even think that the things that you were doing <laughs> made you a leader? You just happened to like fall into positions of leadership. Um. I would say it was probably very intentional on my parents' part. Mm. Um, When I was a kid, I was extremely shy, like did not talk very much shy, didn't raise my hand in class. Um, Even though I knew the answers, I was just very shy. I didn't want to speak up. And so um, in order to help me get out of my shyness, my parents propelled me into many different activities. Um, And I did it begrudgingly because I was shy. (laughs) I didn't want to have to get up and speak. But um, it helped. It helped me to get over my shyness. And so um, they 
made sure that I honed my leadership skills and I did things to help develop me as a leader. Like I was a Girl Scout and I had a leadership position in my Girl Scout troop. That's probably one of the first leadership positions Mm. I've ever had in my life was in my Girl Scout troop. And so um, it's been, it's kind of um, been ingrained in me and um, I don't, I'm not the type of leader that needs to be up front, you know, Um, but I just really want to continuously engage in my community and make it better. Um, And so sometimes that means you have to lead Mm-hmm. in order to get things done and make some positive change in the community. So um, I've really enjoyed the journey. I've been blessed to be on this journey, and I want to continue it. Yes. Now, being a woman, there is a lot of stigmas behind being a woman in power. Mm-hmm. Specifically, there's a very different range of stigmas that come with being a woman of color in power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you have had to face on your leadership journey? Definitely. Definitely. There have been many, many, many countless times where I've either been the only woman in the room, Mm -hmm. the only woman of color in the room, the only person of color in the room. Um, And um, that can be intimidating. You know, it can be intimidating. Um, Early on in my career, um, I was intimidated and frustrated by that. But um, luckily, I have a great support system. A lot of friends who are in the same situation yes. as I am, and we you talk and support and instant support each other. Um, but I know that um, I'm in that room for a reason. Yes, and I'm going to get business done that needs to get done and represent the communities that that needs to be represented in that space that are not represented. Um, so I always want to make sure that I am in that room and at the table and. Um, as Shirley Chisholm said, if there's not a seat for me, I'm going to bring my own chair. Yes. <laughs> Pack that chair. Yeah. Pack it on your back. You right, gotta. right. What advice do you have for young women who are just starting in their careers or mm-hmm. maybe they're not even there yet and they're just really finding themselves on their own journey? What advice mm-hmm. do you have for them? I would say that um, don't be afraid to do things that make you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so easy to... Um, participate in activities that you know you love or your friends are going to so you're going to be they're going to be there in in a, in a comfortable space with them but I stretch yourself don't be afraid to stretch yourself and do things that are maybe you're not familiar with or take a class that um, seems hard or um, is outside of your comfort zone because it's usually in those spaces where you can do a lot of growth and a lot of yes. learning and it can stretch you um, so don't be afraid to do that um, as well as don't be afraid to be a nonconformist. I am that person. <laughs> I love I'm that it. person. When, whenever one of my friends is having a birthday party and they're like, the color is red. Everybody has to wear red. I will show up in black. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so don't be afraid to go against the grain. Um, and it can be a lonely road to go against the grain, but it can be also be very, very re- rewarding. And you will nine times out of ten look back and glad be glad that you took that that different journey. Yes. What is it about the different journey? Like what? <laughs> What is so compelling about being not really the outlier, but the person who's going against the grain, going against the current? I don't know. Part for me, uh, partly I like to be difficult. (laughs) It's fun to be the difficult one. But also it's about self-expression and doing what makes you feel good. You know, um, conforming doesn't always feel good. It it can be an act of erasure. Mm -hmm. And everything that you bring to the table is very important. All the identities you bring to the table are so very important, Um, especially if you're the only person that's bringing those identities into that space. And so it's even more important for you to to be who you are authentically and to um, give voice to everything that are important, all the things that are important to you. So it's okay to be different. It's very okay. It's Mm -hmm. underrated to be the same. 
Absolutely. I mean, it's, o- it's, overrated, it's overrated to be the same. To be the same. Yeah. And I don't know if I will put this in the show and you can tell me that you don't want it and that's okay, <laughs> but I have a genuine question for myself. Yeah. Right now, things are so scary with, you know, being who you are. And mm-hmm. for people who express themselves differently, they are being told that, like, it's illegal to do so or mm-hmm. it's wrong to do so. And being at the Carnegie Center, so much of what you all do is about being that person who's comfortable in who they are and Mm -hmm. expressing themselves and telling their own stories and wanting to learn and wanting to grow. Where do you all fall in that support for them? And do Mm -hmm. you all have you all had discussions about, you know, where do we go if things start to get even crazier than they are right now? Do you Mm -hmm. all have a game plan for that? We uh, try to stay uh, very aware of mm-hmm. what's going on in our states and in our world. Um, and it really increases our passions more to be able to provide that space, mm-hmm. um, a, that inclusive space for everyone to come and to feel community and to feel safe, safer. Um, because um, it's getting very, very tumultuous out, outside our doors and um, it's not always safe. You know, um, and so we want to be a safe space where people can come, feel supported, feel heard, feel comfortable in sharing their voice um, um, creatively, artistically, you know, whatever, however they feel led to do that. Um, So we're definitely having those conversations and making sure that um, we are that space that people can come and feel free to express themselves. Mm. Yeah. So we want to make sure that we're going to be around for that. And um, we're going to continue to fight um, for people to be able to use their voice however they want to use it. Mm. I love that. I love you guys. (laughs) Okay, we are going to go into segment two, which is what I like to call BGCF Fast Facts, where (laughs) I'm going to give you a question. Uh And without thinking about it too much, you're going to give me the first answer that pops up. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. What are you reading right now? Well, since I was without power over the weekend. Oh, gosh, yeah. Because the windstorm, I picked up Spare, by the book by Prince Harry. And let me tell you, you should pick up that book. I I'm read almost it done. In one day. <laughs> it's I that pre-ordered good. it. Yes. And the day it came out, I was like, I will do nothing else but read this book. And I was up until midnight reading the book. Yeah, it's good. What are your thoughts so far? I didn't know what to expect. Um, I thought it was just going to be get to what's currently, what he's currently going through in his life. But it started from when he was a child. Mm -hmm. So I love that. And so it really gives a full picture of his life and the struggles and the things he dealt with and is dealing with. I thought it was very refreshing. Oh. Very refreshing. Such a good, such a down-to-earth view of that like they are just as crazy as your family yeah, is and that yeah. is fantastic yeah. <laughs> yes exactly exactly yeah well do you have power now i do yes Thank i do God. Okay. i know what are you watching now that you have power <laughs> um i have to admit that i am a fan of the walking dead series okay and so um, I have been binge watching Fear the Walking Dead because mm. after the original Walking Dead show ended last year, I was like, okay, I've got to find something else to watch. And I hadn't been hadn't gotten caught up on Fear the Walking Dead, so I've been watching that in anticipation of their final its final season starting this spring. Oh, so, I didn't know that was ending. Yeah, it was. It's ending this spring. Okay. So mm-hmm. I have been getting caught up on Fear the Walking Dead, and I love it. It's a great show. Love. What are you listening to right now? 
all kinds of podcasts. I'm yes. a podcast junkie. Okay. <laughs> Which ones are we talking? Um, let's see. Today I was listening to Black Love Matters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really funny podcast. A husband and wife um, um, co-leaded, and it's it's great. It's great. They talk about hot topics, topics and issues of the day. Um, I listened to um, Brene Brown's one of one of her podcasts. Um, her our her stuff is so good. Um, what else? I, I have a, like fifteen or twenty podcasts I listen to. Um, read this, read that is a podcast with Joy Ann Reed and um, what's her name? I forget her name, but we'll look it up. They're both journalists and they have a fun podcast. Podcast and I um, love read this, read that. Um, what else? Jeez. Um, Ratchet and Respectable, which are d- with Demetria L. Lucas, is so good. Ratchet and Respectable? Ratchet and Respectable. I love that. That's so good. And then one of my favorite ones is called The Read. Okay. It's, it's with Kid Fury and Crystal. And it's been around. It's one of, probably one of the longest airing podcasts ever. They, they started like in 2013 with their podcast. Oh, super early. And it's so good. It's so good. So good. Oh, I'm going to have to catch up for sure. <laughs> What are you eating right now? I am definitely a foodie, but mm-hmm. these days with my hectic schedule, I find what I'm eating most of is <laughs> trail mix. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that so sad? It, it, it can fit in my purse and, and yes. go with me on the go or uh-huh. with, in whatever meeting I have for the day. <laughs> um, and I love food. I'm such a foodie. I'm a pescatarian. Okay. And I will eat anything out there as long as it's in my diet, my pescatarian yes. diet. Yes. But um, right now, the, the, the mainstay of my meals is trail mix, unfortunately. <laughs> now, are you a raisins girl? Do you put raisins? Raisins in the trail mix? Oh, yeah. Okay. Definitely. Raisins. You meet a lot of people who don't like raisins. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's even happening? That's mm-hmm. one of the best parts. I know. It's I the know. chocolate pieces and the raisins. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. What are you most scared of? <sighs> to be fully a uh, transparent moment, probably failure. Yeah. That is what is a fear of mine is failure. And I've had it since I was a kid because I fight my perfectionism every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of my perfectionism, my biggest fear is failure. Yeah. Um, and I'm so hard on myself. <laughs> and I need not be as hard on it, but I'm always my harshest critic. So failure to me is like something that I fear. And I have a phenomenal therapist. She's amazing. <laughs> and she's helping me to um, um, not be such a perfectionist yes. and to be able to let go. Mm-hmm. So it'll be failure. We love our therapists. <gasps> yes. Oh, She's my best friend. Yes. What does success look like for you? If failure is something that you're scared of, what does success mean? Success is, for me personally, being happy. Yes. Feeling at peace, um, being comfortable with, you know, the way my life is going, you know. Um, and I feel like maybe 10 or 15 years ago, I wouldn't define have defined success that way. Absolutely. But, you know... At this age, at 44, you know, success is me being able to go for a run in the afternoon, you know, and being able to get away from my the, my work to go for a run. For me, that's a successful day because yes. I've done some self-care, you know. So um, it's being able to do the small things that, mm. for me, that determine success. Mm. So. What are you most proud of? Hmm. I would say... And it relates to my self-care, being able to maintain my self-care with my crazy schedule. Um, 
Self-care is so important to me. I know it's become like an overused buzzword, but it's still, for me, it's very right. significant. Yep. And so um, for me, my favorite form of self-care is exercise. Mm. So being able to consistently get in my hot yoga and my Pilates reformer and my runs and my strength training every week, um, I'm very proud of myself for keeping that habit and regimen because because I love to eat. I got to make sure I get in my workouts, too. Yes, got to burn those calories yes. to get those calories. Yes, yes, And it's yes. so hard when you get, I mean, first of all, you're the most busiest woman in the world. But <laughs> even when you're just generally busy, it's mm-hmm. hard to keep up with that schedule. It is so, so hard, yeah. Gosh. Who do you look up to? That's easy. My parents. Mm. My parents are amazing individuals. Um, they raised my brother and I to be very community oriented and service minded. Um, I, I uh, think I participated with my mom ringing the bell for the Salvation Army when I was just a kid, like yeah. like less than ten years old. You know, <laughs> um, so that they um, set the gold standard for my brother and I, and I still look up to them and still call them to get advice about leadership stuff um, and serving in the community, but definitely look up to them because they are absolutely amazing. Mm. What are their names? Wendell Lynch and Bonnie Lynch. I, Wendell and Bonnie. Yeah. That's a very cute. (laughs) (laughs) What are you most looking forward to? Vacation. (laughs) When is vacation happening? Very soon, next month, I'm going to take some time away mm-hmm. and get out, get out, get outside of the state and go do some exploring and some relaxing, um, turning off the emails, turning yes. off the notifications. So I'm so looking forward to get taking that break. The best. Yeah. Why do you love our community? Because it's so unique. Um, and when I moved here in 2004, yeah, 2004, I didn't know quite what to expect. Um, I'd... Because I went to Center, which mm-hmm. is in Danville, is very close. I've been to Lexington several times, you know, um, but still didn't feel like I feel like I knew the community, so I didn't know what to expect. But there's no other place like Lexington. Um, it's got a lot of the cool things of, that a big city would have, but still has a small town feel. And I'm a small town girl. I'm from a very small yeah. town. I'm from Hopkinsville, and so it has a, still has a really small town feel. I can get across town and go shopping in like less than 15 minutes, yep. you know. And then I, when I'm shopping, I can find all the major brands that I want, you Absolutely. know. So I love that big town, big city, small town feel. Um, I like, I love the people, you know, um, that Southern hospitality you definitely get here along with your good, delicious sweet tea. Mm. <laughs> I'm a sweet tea connoisseur. So good. Um, and I and I think that we um, are unique in that, you know, we're such a prominent city, city when it comes to the horse industry mm-hmm. and when it comes to education in our universities um, and in opp- just opportunities that people can uh, can do in our community. Um, whenever, you know, I have, I run to somebody and said, Lexington is so boring. I'm like, how? How? It's, it's so many things going on in yes. Lexington. I cannot even keep up. You just got to get out and about. Yeah. I've <laughs> never had a boring day no. in all the years I've lived here. I've never had a boring day. No. Because there's always something fun to do and something cool going on. Why do you love yourself? Why do I love myself? Or what do I love myself? Why do you love yourself? Why do I love myself? <sighs> mm. Because I'm uniquely me. Because mm. I'm fearfully and wonderfully, wonderfully made by God, and God doesn't make any mistakes. Mm. Um, I don't know. Just all of that. Like, um, I feel like I am working in my purpose, and I love that. Um, I try to extend myself as much grace as possible, even though I'm, I'm, I'm my hard. harshest yeah. critic, you know. But um, I really love the skin that I'm in, and. 
Um, I en- I'm enjoying life a lot. Um, and I want to, all the love that I have for myself, I want to spread and share with others. And that's what I try to do every day. Mm. Last question. Okay. How can people find you? How can people find out more about the Carnegie Center? Yeah. Give us all the goods. We're definitely on the socials as yes. far as Carnegie Center. We have a Facebook page and an Instagram page. So please check us out there. You can always visit our website, CarnegieCenterLex.org. Sign up for our newsletter, get engaged, and we'll be in your inbox with all the goodies and all the cool things going on in the life of the Carnegie Center. Um, and then you can just stop by. We're at 251 West 2nd Street. We're open Monday through Thursday, 10 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. On Fridays, we close at 5 p.m. And then on Saturdays, we're open from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So just come in, stop by, take some books off the shelf, come in and read or work or just relax. We're a great space to come and have lunch. Yes. <laughs> we want to stay downtown. <laughs> We're right by Gratz Park. So you can come into the park and enjoy the park and then come into the Carnegie Center um, and enjoy all that we have as well. So come on down and see us on West 2nd. Yes, please. <laughs> Ms. Shayla, thank you so much for being here. I thank really you. appreciate it. Now, I know that you have other things going on that... We can't talk about right now, but you've <laughs> got to come back and we've got to touch on those other things. I would love in to. In another episode. <laughs> I would love to. I love to. Thank you, Courtney, so much. This has been so much fun. This has been great. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Do Good Radio Hour, brought to you by Bluegrass Community Foundation. We'll be back next week right here on Radio Lex, or you can listen to us anytime on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at BGCFKY or visit us at BGCF.org to stay up to date on all of the latest giving and do-good opportunities in our community. Until next time, I'm Courtney Turner. Do good and be well. You are listening to the Do Good Radio Hour on Radio Lex, WLXU 93.9 LP FM Lexington. Our theme song is Happy Tune, written and performed by Brother Smith. The views expressed on this podcast are not necessarily the views of Radio Lex, its board of directors, or Bluegrass Community Foundation. The views expressed are solely my own and the guests'.